What's up, ID Podcast listeners? What's going on, guys? Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. We hope you are having a wonderful start to 2018, that you are not letting those New Year's resolutions already go to the wayside, <laughs> as they often do. What are they? January, like... Is the highest month for uh, gym membership? Oh yeah, and purchases. it's always the busiest, right? And I remember, then, I hated going to the gym in January when we yeah. lived back in the states. So if you're listening to this while you're at the gym, good on you. Keep it up. <laughs> Stay made on it. it. <laughs> and uh, hopefully, maybe some of those resolutions involved improving your relationship. And if they did. Maybe it was listen to I Do Podcast every day. <laughs> Go through the archives and run through all the episodes. But it is always a good idea to try to work on yourself and certainly work on your relationship. And a lot of times those are one and the same. And, um, you know, there's just through all of our shows, there's so much value in not only improving your relationship, like with it a spouse or a partner, but just with your family, with your friends, all these things, communication styles, how to empathize, how to listen. Um, those are things that can be applied to any relationship in your life. Absolutely. And especially with today's topic, um, we have Dorcas Chen Su on. And unfortunately, I'm not in the interview because Stella had the flu. And so, we were all laying in bed for that week. So I'm not in the interview, but it is an excellent interview and Chase did a great job and I will let him take the mic to explain the interview. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Sarah has listened to it and it's a shame that she wasn't able to join in because it really resonated with our lives because Dorcas talks about how to navigate life when you are with a entrepreneur or it doesn't even have to be an entrepreneur, but pretty much all of you listening are probably working <laughs> people, right? Like we got to make an income unless you have jobs, unless, <laughs> yeah, you all have jobs unless, you know, you're like a trust fund, uh, inheritor. And if so, good on you, you know, lucky you, <laughs> but otherwise we are navigating our lives with a partner at, either right now or at some point you will be. And you have to try to figure out how to do that with work as a big part of our lives. And certainly if you're with someone who works for themselves or is an entrepreneur, it almost can become a big or a workaholic um, like a lot of us are. So there's things that to be very aware of, like not putting your partner uh, as a second uh, secondary thing to your job. You know, that's a big thing that if you're like super into your work, it's easy for your partner to feel like they're on the back burner and that they're not important. So Dorcas talks about how to avoid that and how to not make your partner feel like they are secondary to the job. And this applies to whatever side of the equation you're on. If whether you're the one working or you're the one on the receiving end is a lot of value in today's episode. And Dorcas knows firsthand because her husband is a serial entrepreneur. They 
he's traveling all over the world. So travel can also be a part of it that's important to navigate. And she has some very specific tips that I think uh, are really valuable. And Sarah and I actually employ some of them. But one of them that I really liked was creating a shared calendar. And today, um, with technology, it's so easy. We use Google Calendar and you create an event and then that's shared. So if I create an event, Sarah sees it and vice versa. And now it, if that's a work event like we do with our interviews. So mm-hmm. Sarah, I'll be like, hey, what's on what's on the agenda this week? I shouldn't have to ask her because I'll just look at our calendar and I see, okay, we have an interview. And that can uh, prevent like miscommunication or like me going surfing when we have an interview and then Sarah getting upset, which hasn't happened because we got that <laughs> calendar. But it was just a small example that can be so valuable. And even if you are not using that around work, but just if you have kids, whatever, it's just another tool to communicate with your spouse. Like, hey, I got this, this, and this going on. But certainly using that in the context of work uh, can be a really valuable thing. And I think one of the other super helpful tips and one that we try to employ, but it is very hard, is to not always talk about work setting boundaries um, when it comes to work and really having that separation because it's so easy to make your life revolve around work. And the same can be said for kids, just talking about your kids, you know, having setting those boundaries. But with work, you know, because it's always at the forefront of our minds, it can dilute our relationship and what you know, what we really need to work on and and talk about our relationship. So setting those boundaries, like if you go on date night, no work talk, we've tried that. It's hard, but it's important to do because you need to focus on your relationship and have those boundaries so that you're not um, just thinking about work all the time. Yeah. (laughs) But since we have a relationship podcast, if we're talking about work, we could be improving our relationship. (laughs) That is true. That is true. I found, we found the loophole there. Yeah. But, but yeah, definitely important to do. And I will um, just let Dorcas give you all of the great information because she has so much firsthand experience with this and is very articulate in giving us the tools. So I hope, we hope you enjoy <laughs> today's episode. And thank you so much for listening. And if you haven't subscribed to our podcast, please do so. It means so much. Leave us a review. We love those five-star reviews. And Chase? Yeah. And check out the Costa Rica (laughs) Couples Retreat on our website. We got that coming up. Um, Go to idopodcast.com and you can check it out on the tabs, Costa Rica Couples Retreat. And it is going to be an awesome way to kick off 2018. Yeah. There's uh, like a little over two weeks left to sign up. So if you haven't done so already... Please do so and uh, yeah, enjoy the show. Hi, Dorcas. Thank you for joining us on the show today. Thanks so much for having me, Chase. So I've given our listeners a little overview, told them about your book. Why don't you take a minute, tell us about yourself, why you wrote this book and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships. 
Sure. So I am a native of Silicon Valley, and I've also had the privilege of living overseas in mainland China, Hong Kong, and Kenya. And I have a background in the nonprofit sector, actually, but started writing about five years ago. And the idea of helping people in relationships is very personal to me because I have been married for 12 years, and I've been with my husband for 19 years in total. And it was about nine years into our marriage, I was really struggling. So my husband is a serial entrepreneur, and right after we got married, he started this company that has basically taken over our lives. And so I had really struggled with resentment for many years, just feeling like he wasn't available to me. Um, We didn't have enough time to spend together, and especially when our first son was born, you know, it's like I was a single parent because he was working and traveling so much. And and so I felt like I really needed help and I needed answers, but I couldn't find the resources that I wanted that provided the information and or that I needed. And so being a writer, I decided to write the book myself that, that I really wanted, that I thought would be really helpful for people like me. Um, and so I had the privilege of interviewing about 70 different couples and talking with therapists and executive coaches and psychologists and relationship experts just to get everybody's advice on what they've been through and, you know, what's well for them in this, you know, crazy balance of trying to figure out ambitious careers and investing in your marriage and your relationships. I love that. And this is definitely something Sarah and I need to check out because we not only are we entrepreneurs, but we work together. So it, it is, uh, you know, the podcast is Sarah does a lot of the heavy lifting, but I'm still involved. And then we have a couple other businesses that we've started over the years. And, and certainly if one spouse is, is working, um, and super into their work and serial entrepreneur, that is going to present a unique set of problems, circumstances. And then if you're working together, then it's like a whole other thing. Not to say that one is harder than the other, but it's something that Sarah and I have found uh, that this podcast has actually been very helpful for us in a number of ways. That's why we started it to get advice. But when we're working together, like, Talk about a added stress on the relationship where you got to make sure you're communicating, uh, in a way that's not condescending, like, like Sarah's not acting like my boss and vice versa, all sorts of things. And unfortunately, Sarah's actually not in on today's interview. Our daughter, and like, uh, we were discussing in the pre-show, she actually has the flu, unfortunately, but, but she will definitely be listening to this and then we'll, we'll both have to dig into this book. But, uh, yeah, it, it, we know firsthand and, and like you that being an entrepreneur, uh, it, and it could be very difficult for, for both people in the relationship. Um, I want to start with uh, maybe you can give your personal experience. What was the hardest thing that you found when, when your husband was just full on into his work? What, what was going on? I think early on in our marriage, one of my biggest struggles was that feeling that I had been 
sort of demoted in his life because he and I had been together for a long time before we got married and, and we were best friends and we were used to spending every day together and sharing everything with each other. And then suddenly he had this other thing in his life that he was really passionate about, that he was investing the best of his energy and his time into. And it felt like I was getting all the leftovers. You know, I got the really tired and distracted version of him. And that was just really hurtful. You know, um, a number of therapists that I spoke with who work frequently with entrepreneurs, um, they, they describe this dynamic where it can almost feel like, your spouse is having an affair because they are so invested in this other entity that's not you. And even though it's a business and not a person, there's still that same feeling of betrayal and hurt and loneliness um, that that spouses can feel if if their um, their partner is cheating on them. So so there's that level of pain. And then I think as time went on in our relationship, we struggled a lot with just kind of the logistics of it. Of you know, how do you stay connected when you see each other? How do you communicate on basic things like who's doing what around the house, or are we going to be attending these social engagements? If um, Again, you're just not around one another. And especially when you become parents, life becomes much more complicated. And um, and it's hard to feel like your your partner is just not fully invested in the family in the way that you expect to be. It can be incredibly difficult. And yeah, we have discussed this on actually several episodes, but last episode was uh, actually in November episode 123, and it was titled, Help, My Partner is a Workaholic. And we talked about the feeling that it is, when your partner is fully into something uh, at, at their work, or it can even be technology if, you know, with iPhones, if they're paying so much attention to social media, it's a similar feeling that it's the same psychological mechanisms going on as if they're having an affair. Uh, obviously, there there are important distinctions, but, but it is uh, attention and time uh, taken away from from you and, and put into something else. So uh, how did you tackle that or what did you learn in the book and are some great ways to uh, deal with that situation? Well, I think one of the most encouraging things I found in my research is that there's a lot of options for couples because I think we had gotten to a number of points where we just felt stuck and we didn't know what to do. But there's actually a lot that you can do and it's a lot of small things that you can do because if there's one thing that entrepreneurs or just really ambitious professionals lack, it's time, right? And so if you want to make significant changes to your relationship, um, time is essential, but it often feels like we just don't have enough of it. But if you do have a little bit of time and you're willing to put a little bit of energy in it and, and you're willing to make some small changes in your behavior, it actually can make a really big difference in your relationship. Um, you guys are probably familiar with John Gottman, and he talks about how couples really just need six hours a week. I mean, a good, high-quality six hours where you're face-to-face talking with one another, sharing with one another. But that's really not that much time. It's less than an hour a day that, that you would spend with one another. Uh, but that's that's enough to, to help you stay connected, to stay in one another's lives. Um, or, you know, for workaholics, for entrepreneurs, 
setting boundaries between work and home is absolutely essential, but it doesn't mean that you have to stop every day at five and you don't start again until the next morning at eight. It means that you just set aside these particular times for your loved ones and you really honor that time and you are focused on them and you are fully present to them. Um, and and then, you know, the rest of the time you can do what you need to do, but, but as long as you dedicate um, that amount of time and you honor your commitments and you um, really go out of your way to ensure that your spouse knows like, hey, I still love you. I'm still in this. I still commit to you. And that could just be, you know, giving them a hug every day, saying I love you every day. They don't have to be big things, but, but those assurances um, do a lot in terms of strengthening your relationship. It's interesting how... It, you can get so into uh, a project. I'm speaking from firsthand experience. Like I, I launched this website earlier in the in, of this year um, for for stand up paddle training. My the other hat I wear, and I was just fully like five a.m. waking up, working on it till like midnight for a solid couple months. And it's also a product of how I work like in, in these spurts. And, and if I could have given myself more time, probably would have been healthy, but sometimes entrepreneurs don't do that. And so it was definitely a stress on our relationship. And I felt guilty that I wasn't spending time with Sarah and especially even more so almost with, with Stella, our, our two-year-old. And what we, kind of decided maybe midway through that mayhem of of me working is like you said making that time but it, scheduling it so like literally saying all right Saturday uh Saturday morning from 8 to 12 no work I will not be working on my project I will not be checking my email you name it um and you can replace that with no cell phone no whatever it is that's sucking time away from your partner and this goes for either side to to take this approach and and set that time aside and and using that goal of of maybe 6 hours a week like uh the Gottman Institute found in in their research and maybe it's Saturday morning, Wednesday night, and then you add up to at least six hours, but literally scheduling it uh, can be a valuable thing to, to keep you accountable. Yes. I think online calendars have probably saved many a relationship at this point. Um, my husband and I both, we put everything on our calendars and we share it with one another so I can see where he is and he can see where I am. And it just helps so much. And it can feel a little odd, I think, especially when you're starting out to schedule things like date night and, you know, time with family or even time for yourself and to put that on the calendar, like it's a really formal thing. But if you're busy, that stuff isn't going to happen unless you fit it into your schedule and make it formal. Um, and I know of a number of other couples who make agreements with one another, and, and that's something that a lot of therapists talk about as a, a healthy thing for couples is to make these agreements of when you're going to have one date night a week or we are going to reserve Saturday morning for our family. And, and you can put that in writing, and, um, and then it becomes something that you both agree on. You have the same expectations because having those mismatched expectations can cause a lot of conflict. And so once you figure out, okay, this 
is logistically what works for both of us and you agree to that and you both do your best to honor that um, commitment, then that can make a really big difference. Yeah, it's funny. We'll use technology for, for a lot of things, obviously, more and more. And it can feel like, well, you know, when it comes to like love and, and relationships or something like scheduling your week with your, with your spouse or your, your partner, it, it can seem a little odd, but like that's the reality that we live in today. And it, that's an example of where it can be a huge benefit to, to use that technology. And Sarah and I actually do that. I don't know how we couldn't do that, but like with scheduling our podcast interviews and especially, you know, you're a new mom. Like I said, our listeners know we have a two year old. That's a whole other dynamic when you have kids. So like when, when we have something going on and one of us needs to watch Stella, we put that in the calendar. Like Sarah will be like haircut Friday, um, you know, this time. And, and I think one important distinction though is don't let that replace face to face communication. You know, like I, it's not like I log into my calendar at the beginning of the week and be like, all right, what does Sarah need me to do? But she'll be like, you know, but like, Hey, I got a haircut Friday and she tells me Monday for sure. I'm going to forget. But if I have it in the calendar where she puts it in the calendar and then, you know, you set up Google calendars, great, but there's all sorts of stuff. And then you set up an alert that'll send you a text or email whenever you want, five minutes before the day before you set up a couple. And then I get that alert Thursday and it's like, okay, Sarah haircut Friday. I, I, I got to make sure I watch Stella. But it's such a small thing, but it's really about just an aid to the relationship and to communication where now uh, in the past, and it still happens where it's like, I told you I had a haircut and I'm like, no, you didn't. And then Sarah will be like, look at the calendar. <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, you know, and it's in there. But the point is that it, it can be an aid and, and especially nowadays we're busier and busier, whether or not you're an entrepreneur, but like certainly if you're, if you're working from home, um, and, and you are an entrepreneur and you're, you're like engrossed in your own work, then it, it can be even more valuable. But, uh, I would really encourage people, even if they're not like setting up that calendar or maybe it's like Friday is I need some me time and, you, you tell your partner, but then you, you put it in your schedule and, 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 you know, and it's there and it's in writing. Yeah, absolutely. And I found it so helpful. Like if we're a friend invites us over for dinner or if something else comes up, I can just know right away whether or not my husband is available, whether, rather than having to try to track him down and shoot him down and figure it out with him. Um, and I think one other really encouraging thing about doing something like calendars and figuring out these little things of, you know, who's going to watch our child or who's going to take care of these errands is that they've actually done research and they found that couples that um, are able to figure out those logistics of, you know, who's going to wash the dishes, who's going to take care of the laundry. If you can communicate well about that and figure that out, then that's actually a really good sign that you are communicating well about everything else in your life. Um, and so it's almost like, I see it like a, a training ground. You know, if you can figure out the logistics between the two of you and talk about that well and have clarity on it, then, then it will set you up really well to have bigger and harder conversations about, you know, what are our short, medium and long-term goals as a family or what kind of quality of life do we want to have as a family? Um, those, those much bigger issues that, that we should all be trying to tackle, um, 
that that will um, set you up really well to to be able to hear one another and to to understand one another and get to a similar page. Yeah, the the little things are the big things. So if you can't figure out and communicate around when you're watching the kids while your your husband goes out, it seems like a little thing. But if you can't communicate about that, then it's going to be hard, like you said, to communicate about the bigger things. So it, it's definitely not trivial. And I can't stress it enough. Like if you are having uh, communication problems around, I, I told you to watch, watch the kids or you were supposed to do this or that set up a calendar, a shared calendar, or set up alerts. Like I said, Google Calendar is great. I I know um, uh, uh, iCalendar on the Mac, but you name it. You put it in there. It's super simple. You can get the the text or email alerts. And and again, it doesn't need to replace face-to-face communication, but it's really an aid. And and it's an example to me, uh, like a perfect one of how technology, because uh, we a lot of times, especially I think on the show, we talk about how it, it can hurt a relationship and it certainly can. And there are a lot of things to be aware of, but it's like, let's use that and let's flip it and let's let's figure out ways to use it to help our relationship. So definitely, uh, I know for Sarah and I, a really valuable tool. Yeah, and like you say, it definitely is appropriate that there are times that you put down your phones or put your phones in the other room if you can't help but pick them up. Put them away and really sit down and look at one another and talk to one another and hear one another. You need that time and and that form of connection. But yeah, use the, the tools that you have available to you. Because the reality is that our brains have a pretty limited capacity. Uh, you know, neuroscientists have done research and they found that we can only process um, a certain amount of information at a time. And if one person is talking to you, your brain is pretty much completely filled up. If a second person starts talking to you, you've already started to overload. And so we have so much going on these days that as much as you can write down and record it and then just get it out of your brain so that you can make space for other more important things in your life, um, I think that's just all the better for your relationship. Then you can just really focus on your spouse and and not have these little details running around in your brain. I mean, same thing with details for work. You know, if you have a big project on your mind, if you have a lot of emails you need to get back to, um, make a list. I mean, that's actually why to-do lists are really helpful because it gets that information out of your brain and frees up your capacity to think about and focus on more important things. I'm glad you mentioned that. And you didn't use the word, but it's basically the same thing of of being present. So it, it's so hard with, I think before technology, it would have been hard. But now, especially with all these distractions, you said, put your phone in the other room. I think you should literally do that sometimes. I know I I've, I feel like I'm pretty self-aware, but man, I, I'll go through periods where you know, we just get that dopamine release when we, when we go on our social media and we're, I call it the black hole of Instagram. You're just scrolling and all of a sudden 30 minutes go past, right? And so just really trying to be aware of that and set parameters for yourself, for your relationship. Put the phone in the other room and, and be present with your spouse. Like you said, six hours doesn't seem like a lot, 
But if those six hours are six present hours, and I think that's the key thing is like not just six hours and, and five of those are watching Netflix together, which it's not the worst thing in the world and you have that shared experience. But I find even Sarah and I, like at the end of a long day with the baby and work, we just want to like veg in front of our computer and watch Netflix and that's good. But like sometimes and we set aside and like, all right, uh, let's talk, you know, like, hey, what, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it's so yeah. silly, but we're and so busy. Yeah, I mean, the six hours can come in really small chunks. It doesn't have to be, you know, I reserved an entire hour to talk to my spouse because sometimes that's just not realistic. But if just in the morning as you're getting ready for work and heading out the door, you spend five minutes just checking in with each other. Like, hey, how are you feeling today? What do you have to do today? What's What are you excited about? What are you worried about? And then that's it. And then you say goodbye and you move on. And then you can have a similar check-in at the end of the day of like, hey, how did it go? Uh, My husband and I, when we were living in China and we had moved there for his business, it was an incredibly high stress period of time for both of us. And um, we got into this practice of every night before we went to bed, we would just ask each other, you know, what was really good about your day and what was really hard? And it was a really, really simple check-in, but it was really meaningful because not only did it get us talking and really hearing one another, but um, when you talk about your day and what's been good and what's been hard, it starts to point you to deeper things that your partner is experiencing. You really start to get a picture of what are their fears? What are their deepest anxieties? What are their hopes? What kind of things like really make them very passionate and very excited? Um, and those are all things that will help. You know, the better we know one another, the better we can support one another when things get hard. I love that tip. And it's something Sarah and I have tried to do. Like when someone goes out of the house and they come back, say, say, hey, what's going on? Like acknowledge them. How 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 was uh, lunch with your friend? It, it's so easy to slip into a routine of uh, just the routine of, of being comfortable with, with our spouse and, and partner. And that's a, a great thing. But it's like, if, if that was your friend that came home, you wouldn't just kind of like continue doing the dishes and, and, and not kind of acknowledge their presence or ask them what's up. And, and, when you're with someone, especially for a while, I think it's easy to slip in because you know each other so well or, or just out of routine that you don't do those things of, of that checking in. But it, it is so valuable. Like when Sarah, when I go surf, which is pretty much every day and she comes and I come home and she's like, hey, how was it? It, it just feels really good because it, it also tells me like she's curious about my experience, about what's going on. And like you said, then that can open up to more discussions. It's not just about, hey, how was the surf? Because usually it's more or less the same, <laughs> but it's it's just creating that dialogue to, to go somewhere else. And it it's a simple thing, but it's so valuable. And before your spouse goes to work, you know, like you said, say something like, you know, have a great day. Um, you know, I can't wait to see you when you get back, whatever. But just not letting the, the routine of daily life and the comfort of, of being with someone that you know so well just slip you into this sort of monotonous state of being and instead, uh, trying to, to 
go at each day with with some vigor and and it takes effort it's it's way easier to slip into that uh, rather than ask your partner so it, it can be a a really valuable thing to do yeah I think what you say is a really good point because so much of what we're talking about it's not hard to do but it takes the effort it takes the intentionality you have to kind of keep it at the top of your mind it's like oh yeah I want to be this way with myself. I want us to have this kind of a relationship um, because it can be very tempting to just let things slide or get lazy or forget about things. Um, but but I think when you do the little things for yourself and, and it's clear that you're doing it just for them and not necessarily for yourself or for some other reason, it, it just communicates over and over again, hey, I love you. You mean so much to me. I'm so glad to be here with you. And and that is the thing that fuels a relationship over time. It's what keeps it alive and vibrant um, for years and years. You know, it's it. The big romantic gestures are great, but but I think it's those little day to day things that feed the relationship for the long run. No, it, it's so true. Like like you said, I mean, uh, or we mentioned earlier, is like the little things are the big things. And and if you're not doing that, if you're kind of indifferent to your spouse, you're not asking them how their day was. Yeah, it's not like it's a mean thing to do necessarily, but it's it's just not going to be good in the long run. Because if you can go back to the beginning of your relationship, the, the first month you were dating, you probably wouldn't like not greet them when they came home, would you? No, you'd be like, hey, what's going on? Like, we're putting that effort forth. You want to put your best self forward. And 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 then it's easy to slip away from that. So I I love that tip. And so we got sharing calendars, communicating around our schedules, uh, using that technology, and then being intentional, being present with our partner, asking them how their day was, starting that dialogue. I love those two tips. Are there any other major things that stick out that can help deal with a busy spouse or partner, um, entrepreneur, workaholic? Yeah, well, I would say along the lines of communicating and asking one another is to ask one another about your work as well. So I, you know, I have a bit of a love relationship with my husband's business because I love what the business does. Um, and I love how passionate he is about it and how it just brings him alive and has been such a gift to him, but it has really taken a toll on our family and our relationship and on both of our health. Um, and, and so for me, it, I kind of have to be intentional about asking him, like, how are things going? What's hard right now? What are you struggling with? Um, you know, what do you what do you need support on? Because it is such a big part of his life, what he does. And, um, and so I want to be part of that. I want to be a support to him in that. And, and I think um, coming the other way as well, for him to keep me informed, I think especially when you're an entrepreneur, but this could be the case with almost any kind of career, so many of the business decisions that he makes affect me directly, right? When he's going to travel or how much he needs to work or if he's taking on this big project um, or, you know, if 
eventually at some point when he's going to transition out or if the company's going to have some sort of exit. And so it is really helpful for him to keep me informed about what is going on um, because I think it can be tempting for him and people like him to just get really caught up in what he's doing and sort of forget like, oh, yeah, you know, the decisions I'm making at work have a huge impact on my family. And, and so we need to intentionally set aside time to talk about those things as well. And so that doesn't have to be every single day, but, but I think at least like on a quarterly basis, he and I try to sit down and, and have an open conversation about, okay, what's going on with the business? What does it mean for our family? What's coming down the pipe that might really affect us? Um, and how do we plan around that? And, and so those kinds of conversations have been really, really helpful for both of us. It has helped me have greater awareness of what's going on and to be emotionally and logistically prepared for it all. Um, and it's just created a lot more clarity between the two of us so that, you know, when, when a crisis does hit or things get crazy busy, I'm not caught off guard. Um, I can prepare ahead of time. And that actually makes a really big difference. That's a great thing to do. And I can imagine if you are in the situation uh, like yourself with a partner who's the doing, you know, this crazy job or they're super busy. If you don't, if you're not informed, it can be very um, disempowering. Like you feel like you're at the whims of, of not only your partner, but, but their business. But what you're saying is now, if, if they're communicating about that, well, now you're, you're both going in with all the information and, and you're on the same page and you can kind of uh, brace yourself or, or expect, uh, to travel or whatever it is. And again, these things seem so simple, but if, if you're not doing that with, with your partner, it can be very hard on, on the other one. And it, it might be hard to, it might feel like maybe war work, like, Oh, I got to share these details all the time, but it's, it's part of being in a relationship and it'll be more stress if you're not doing that. Um, so I think that's a, a great thing to be able to yeah, open up absolutely. about. Absolutely. And I think what it also does is creates this sense of teamwork and partnership. You know, it, it reminds both of you, hey, we're in this together. And I have worked a little bit with my husband's company. I was there for a couple of years, and I'm not really any longer. And so it can sometimes feel like he and I are leading fully different lives. But this brings us back together. And he's been so good about telling me, you know, this business is as much yours as mine because he knows that I – sacrifice a lot to allow him to do what he does. And um, that sense of, okay, he sees me, he sees my contributions, uh, he remembers, both of us remember that we're, we're in this together and we make big decisions together. And, you know, if there's something happening with the business that is going to be super hard for our family, I know that I can bring that up with him and say, hey, I don't know if this is going to work for us. Is there something different that we can do? And he's willing to hear that and make adjustments. And um, and it just makes such a big difference to, to know that, that you are working together, communicating together, that you respect one another, and that you both have a voice in making these decisions that affect the entire family. Keeping that dialogue going is such an important thing for for the relationship and kind of on a, along a similar vein and something that Sarah and I run into is is the opposite 
almost in in a sense of not talking about work so much and letting it be all consuming and and this can touch on on a lot of aspects but if if you're an entrepreneur it is so easy to get wrapped up in in your work and and then you bring that home or home is work or whatever and that's just all that's on your mind and and that's good and and Sarah and I like when we f- actually like the year we like within two months that we started dating, we both started new businesses and we would be spitballing ideas off of each other. And, and it's great. And, and I love that. And, but over, over time, you don't want that to be the only thing you talk about. Right. <laughs> and, and is work or yes. even if it's yes. one partner. Absolutely. So, uh, I, I think couples, couples that work together, it's, it's a unique, uh, situation, especially if you have your own business together, you're both really passionate about it. You put a lot of time and energy into it. Um, there are amazing benefits to that. You get to see each other a lot more. You have this shared sense of purpose that um, being on the same team feeling like you have that all the time. And that's really, really great. But, but like you say, it's, I think one of the greatest risks for couples that work together is that they could over time just sort of become business partners and colleagues and that becomes their default mode and they forget how to break out of that and how to become romantic partners and life partners instead. And so to, to exercise that on a regular basis to say, Hey, for this dinner or this date night, there's going to be no work talk. <laughs> and sometimes that can feel hard because I think we just wrap so much of who we are and what we do, but it's a really, really healthy thing to remember, hey, we've got a lot of other things going on in our life besides work. And um, and let's, you know, get to know each other even better. Let's ask each other some really thoughtful questions. Let's dream about what we want to do in the future. Those kinds of conversations are the ones that will connect you in a way that is far beyond what it means to work together. And I think I think they're very necessary and very healthy. It's funny. I wish Sarah was, was here for for this interview, but when we came up with I Do Podcast, it was on uh, a date. We had been together for a few years. Um, it wasn't like we were new. We were living together and the whole thing, but but we were on a date and we were doing kind of what you just said of the, the, the dreaming about our future. And we, we were both very entrepreneurial minded. And we were on, I remember it was this tapas place. We we're sitting at the bar, had a few sangrias and <laughs> we're, we're talking about ideas. We were both super into listening to podcasts and we had our phones out and we were like <laughs> doing it right there. We we're like, okay, we need to, we need to, uh, come up with an idea. What's out there. We were, I think, we weren't engaged, but uh, man, this would help if Sarah was here. <laughs> but, but, uh, anyways, we were looking at <laughs> your other brain, huh? <laughs> we, we, somehow we came on relationship podcasts and because I was like, there, there wasn't anything out there and the stuff that was there was all very, uh, faith based and there wasn't anything that really piqued our particular interests. And, but we're literally at the bar, like on our phone going through the podcasts that are out there, you know, like basic market research. And, uh, but then it was really cool. Cause like, we didn't, we didn't see anything like what we wanted. We're like, we have to do it. And I think literally like the next week, the, the ball was rolling and, and Sarah, Sarah was on the way to, uh, starting this podcast. So, so it can be that, that can be exciting. I'm not saying, uh, you know, it's, there's not a time and place and we were definitely dreaming, but then 
the details of work. Like you said, uh, sometimes if it's a date night, we certainly do is we say, all right, no work talk. And then when you have kids, sometimes it can be no kid talk <laughs> and, and uh-huh. let's, let's try yep. to talk about other things. Yeah, I think the setting boundaries is even more essential for couples that work together. I spoke with this one couple. They had a rule where they would only talk to one another about work when they were in their work clothes. And whenever they were wearing anything else, pajamas or, you know, other day clothes, exercise clothes, whatever, then that meant that they couldn't talk about work anymore. And um, and I thought that that was really clever. You know, it's like a visual cue of, okay, we're not in work mode and this is just my spouse right now and we are just going to talk about personal stuff. And, and I think that that's great to help remind one another of, you know, we have so much more bringing us together and keeping us connected than, than just what we do, even though what you do is really important. And I, you know, it's, it can be wonderful for the relationship, but, but to have those other aspects as well is important. Absolutely. And I don't know if that would work for us because I'm mostly in board shorts, whether I'm working or or (laughs) surfing or, but, but I get the point and I think our listeners do too, but yeah, it's really important to set those boundaries and Dorcas, you've given us a lot of great stuff. I know Sarah is going to go back, listen to this interview and there's things that we'll be able to use for our own relationship and certainly hope that our listeners will too. But now we've got to go forward to the lasting love round. Zola is a wedding company that's reinventing the wedding registry and planning process to make the happiest moment in a couple's life even happier. And your wedding day is the happiest moment, right? It is. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say otherwise. It won't be that surf session. The birth of our daughter is pretty happy too. Okay. Okay. Anyway. It's a very happy day. Zola registry has everything you love about your favorite department store, plus things like honeymoon funds, fitness classes, wine subscriptions, that sounds interesting, and so much more. My good friend Jess is getting married in a few months, so I've been assigned to help her with her Zola registry, and I love how easy and convenient it is to use and to set up. And not only is it easy, but it is free and super fun. Zola has a free suite of wedding planning tools, including free wedding websites, customizable checklists, and guest list manager. And all of those tools can be managed right from the Zola Weddings app. To sign up with Zola and receive $50 credits toward your registry, go to Zola.com forward slash I do. That's Zola, Z-O-L-A dot com forward slash I do to get $50 credit toward your registry. Today's show is also brought to you by the book Lovelands. Lovelands, which is written by a past guest on our show in psychologist Dr. Deborah Campbell, is an easy-to-read guide to creating the relationship in life you most deeply desire. If you've ever wondered why you keep struggling with love and want to make lasting change for the better, Lovelands will show you how to make that change, not just in your relationship, but in every area of your life. 
I'm deep in the middle of the book right now, and it's eye-opening. Deborah's wisdom from her own love mistakes, as well as her client struggles, has helped me examine myself and has allowed me to become even more aware of the reasons I get defensive or have poor communication or continue unhelpful patterns. Deborah really just tackles what's at the core of diverse relationship problems and simply tells us what helps and what doesn't. Lovelands is available in hardcover on Amazon and audible.com. Visit idopodcast.com forward slash Lovelands to buy your copy today. That's idopodcast.com forward slash Lovelands. What is one tool or practice our listeners can use on a daily basis to help improve their relationship? So one executive coach that I interviewed recommended that couples ask one another for 10 ideas of things that their partner could do for them to make them feel loved. And they can be really small things like giving them a hug or a kiss, giving them a small gift, helping to wash the dishes. And and so that's what we recommend is to like come up with a list of little things that you can do for your spouse on a daily basis to, to show your affection and then just to try to do one thing a day. Uh, it can be really small, doesn't have to take much time, but that, that regularity and consistency and commitment to doing that can really help improve a relationship. That's the first time we've had that recommendation, and I really like it. It's not revolutionary, but it's just about communicating exactly what it is that makes you feel good to your partner, and then on the other side, make a concerted effort to do that. And like a lot of the things we're talking about, it seems so simple, but I'm just thinking now, I'm, I can't wait to share that with Sarah and for us to, to try to implement that because it, it can be such a great thing. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a book or resource you can recommend for listeners who want to improve their relationship? Well, we've mentioned John Gottman a couple of times, and he has a really great book called The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. And that is just super practical on what you need for healthy marriage, what are the pitfalls that you should avoid. Um, And then I want to recommend a second one, which is called Sacred Marriage by Gary Thomas. And um, it is a religious book in that he's coming from a Christian perspective, but I think the theme that he's discussing isn't necessarily just for people of faith. It um, it really talks about how marriage is not just about being happy, but it's about how do you encourage one another to develop personally and spiritually. And I really love that concept of marriage as a vehicle for you know growing you as a person and helping you to become the best person that you can be. And, and I think for those of us who are very, very ambitious in our careers or are married to people who are very ambitious, um, that's something that's very appealing because we want to grow, we want to learn, and we shouldn't just be doing that in our careers, but we should also be experiencing that kind of growth and maturity in our personal lives and our relationships. Is there any particular advice you would give to newlyweds? I would ask newlyweds to think strategically about your relationship. I think we apply strategic thinking to our career so often. We think about what are the skills I need? What firm do I want to work for? What projects do I need to take on? What goals should I be setting all so I can move forward in my career and build towards something long-term? And I would love to see more couples approach their marriage in the same way of remembering, you know, your marriage isn't going to grow 
just by itself. It needs investment. It needs um, tools. It needs things that you put into it and, and really creative ways of thinking about, you know, how do we fuel this and keep it vibrant and keep it really healthy? Um, and so to apply some of that strategic thinking to where do we want to go as a couple where do we want to be in 10, 20 years? And then figure out how we're going to get there and, and implement that plan together. What advice would you give our single listeners looking for a happy relationship? Well, I, I do want to say for folks who are single and working really hard, there can be the thought of, do I even have space in my life for a relationship? And I would say, Yes, uh, it won't be easy. There will be concessions that you'll need to make. You probably can't work at the same pace. Uh, if you're in a committed relationship, then you can when you're single. But I actually feel like it's really worth it. Um, having a partner can be really good for your uh, career. We've, we've talked a lot about how you need to make space in your life and you know set boundaries so that you you have time for your loved ones, but actually having somebody in your life who really knows you, who you really trust, who can be your advisor, who's on your team, um, that is a really valuable asset in your career. It's it's like having a secret weapon of someone who um, who is going to support you in what you're doing, who's going to encourage you, who's going to help pick you up when you're really struggling, um, and, and then to see your blind spots and help you strengthen your interpersonal skills, which are essential in any workplace. Um, and so I would say, you know, go for it. If you have any hesitation about, can I work? at this pace and have a relationship, um, it could actually end up being a really wonderful thing. That's a great point. And I always ask myself (laughs) where I would be if I hadn't met Sarah, (laughs) because I want to say I would definitely, uh, I think all pass. If you have the right mindset, you'll, you'll be in the right place, but it's just interesting, um, that people can say, you know, think to themselves, oh, I, I, I don't have time for a relationship or that's not what will uh, help me achieve my my business goals or, or whatever. But it can be quite the opposite. So um, that is a, a great point. And you have given myself and, and Sarah when she listens to this. I know she's going to love it. And our listeners, a lot of great stuff today, Dorcas. So let's finish up by having you tell our listeners where they can find you online and then we'll say goodbye. Yeah. So the best place to connect with me is on my website, www.changtosen.com. And I'm also on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. I'm actually not on Instagram because I'm scared of that black hole. (laughs) Um, But yeah, any of those ways. I I love hearing from folks who, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, um, please get in touch with me. Excellent. Well, our listeners can find all the information and links of today's episode on idopodcast.com. So thank you so much for coming on the show today, Dorcas. Thanks so much for having me. It's been really great. We hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. As always, you can find the links from today's show on our website at idopodcast.com. And while you're on the website, we encourage that you check out some of the free resources that we've created for you guys. One of those is the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge. And we send you a email every day for 14 days with doable challenges to help strengthen and make your relationship 
even better. And we've also created cheat sheets and workbooks for your relationship. And you can find all of those on our website. And lastly, our Facebook group, which is the Love Tribe. We encourage all of you guys to join our group there as well. And if you ever have any topic suggestions or ideas for the podcast, please send them our way. You can email us at info at idopodcast.com and we would love to hear from you guys. And we hope you enjoyed today's show. 